You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. So today is very simple. We're not going to do the PFF breakdown stuff. Honestly, I haven't really even looked at it. Um, We'll do that eventually, just kind of a recap on the season and how it went. But I want to... I want to dive headfirst into the offseason a little bit and do a offseason primer. And I, I want to break it down into three parts, which makes sense for the three segments. But I want to do number one, contracts. I want to do number two, the free agents, free agency. Number three, the draft. And it's just a primer. It's just kind of uh, the first dipping of the toe into things. But that's what I want to do. So first and foremost, what I want to talk about before we get into the whole team and the contracts and all that kind of stuff, salary cap and whatnot, um, Jordan Love. Jordan Love's contract. We've already got a little bit of news coming out about this, although the news is kind of non-news type of news, um, which is pretty much what the offseason is almost in its entirety. The offseason is basically just lots of massive news that <laughs> I feel like this is how I spend my whole offseason demonstrating that the way in which they said it is not as salacious as people are making it seem as though they're, you know, whatever. So, so you may or may not have seen the reports that Jordan Love is reported to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the near future. Um, and it's expected to get done this spring. That's, you know, some reports via Schefter, some reports via Ian Rappaport, and then a billion different articles and reports by every other person that wants to jump on the bandwagon and pretend that they're Schefter slash Ian Rappaport. But here is Adam Schefter, or excuse me, Ian Rappaport, talking about this issue. I think it is fair to say, Rich, Jordan Love has established himself as the franchise quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Everything they hoped, they mostly believed, they just wanted to see on the field. It has all happened, especially the second half of the year. For Jordan Love, he actually did a little bit of a Band-Aid contract deal before the season, a one-year extension worth up to $22.5 million. That was in May. My understanding is he enters the final year of his contract. Again, the Packers and Love's representation are expected to address this this coming spring. Do not be surprised if he does get that massive franchise quarterback-type contract extension. And the further he goes in the playoffs, the richer he is going to be. All right, so if you couldn't tell, there's there's basically nothing in that report. Not a single thing. I I I just I I don't I don't know what we're supposed to possibly glean from that. You know, we've heard before about how these guys a lot of times will kind of stitch together little bits and pieces that they know and then, you know, that'll be their report and I think you're getting a lot of that from Ian Rappaport here. He started the whole thing off by saying 
I think it's fair to say he's established himself as the franchise quarterback. So that is not a thing he's heard. That is just based on watching with his own two eyes. Let's just assume that. So that's part one. Then he says the Packers and Jordan Love's representation are expected to address the contract again this upcoming May, right? Which is, so again, it sounds like it might be a big report, but I don't think it is. This has probably been on the table since his last contract. They did the one-year deal, and then they said, we'll revisit this come May. So that's been that's been the issue since day one. So part one is he's established himself as the, the franchise quarterback. And then part two is my understanding, at least from a long time ago, unless something has changed, is that they're planning to reevaluate this contract starting in May or this coming spring, at least, whether it's in you know May or whatever, which is the earliest they can or uh, whether that drags on, which it probably will. But I'm guessing in May they'll start talks. And then what? He ends with, don't be surprised if it's a massive contract. Well, frickin' duh, right? I mean, we, if we have the two parts in the beginning, then we have the third part. If he's a franchise quarterback and you're going to readdress his contract, then you shouldn't be surprised if it's a big contract. Again, this is not a report. This is just putting two and two together. This is, listen, if, if somebody called into Packernet after dark and said, which has happened probably... 20 different times. Jordan Love is going to get massively paid this year. That's no more a report than what just happened here. Why would somebody call in and say that? Because they have freaking eyes. Because they know the contract status. Because they know how well Jordan Love's played. Because they know what the market is. That's it. Congratulations, you're Ian Rappaport. Furthermore, and I have not been able to identify or find this video at all, but ESPN, uh, Adam Schefter on NFL Sunday NFL countdown indicated the Packers are expected to make Love one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Duh. Again, this very, very likely has nothing to do with a report coming from the Green Bay Packers. They are expected. Expected by who? By me, because it makes sense. Expected by the rest of the league, right? This could be calls around to other coaches. Like It's the thing. You call to these other people. You have a list of topics you want to talk about. And, you know, other coaches, other GMs, whatever, they're like, yeah, I would expect them to do that. They are expected to. This doesn't mean the Green Bay Packers told me. You know how I know? Because they're very explicit in saying that when that's the case. My sources on the inside of the Green Bay Packers organization have told me blah da 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 dee dee da Okay? Not what he said. So, I mean, this is just <sighs> trying to make it sound bigger than it is. But the bottom line is, it's still true. It's not some new, amazing revelation that, oh my goodness, it's confirmed. Nothing is confirmed. It's just obvious. They're going to reassess his contract. Everybody knew that, right? How they proceed moving forward with his contract would depend on how he played this year. Everybody knew that. How did he play? Like a franchise quarterback. What does that mean? Dude's going to get paid, right? I mean, this isn't surprising to anybody. So... Bottom line is, we don't need Schefter and Ian Rappaport to give us this garbage to know the answer to the question. We know. Maybe maybe they should make themselves more useful and go ask about Joe Barry. Give me some Joe Barry news. Stop telling me stuff everybody already knows. Now, that brings me to the, the next part, which is how much money. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of numbers have been thrown around, and they're talking about they expect him to be one of the highest paid. Well, again, duh. 
Not because, you know, well, he must have an inside source to know that he's going to be one of the highest paid. No, that's just how it goes. Jimmy Garoppolo was one of the highest paid quarterbacks for a long time. He didn't deserve it. It's just, that's just how it goes. When you have somebody that's the franchise quarterback, you pay them. So that's the situation Jordan Love is in right now. And there's a lot of people talking about, oh, that'd be a massive mistake. You shouldn't do it. That's what you do. There are no other options. Either you pay Jordan Love this massive bounty, or you don't get Jordan Love. And then if you're not willing to pay that for quarterbacks that demonstrate they can be the guy, then you'll never have a franchise quarterback. If you think you're going to get three, four, five years to prove it, and then you can pay him, unless somebody pops off as a rookie on their rookie deal, you're not going to see anything. But even then, you know, you got Joe Bear, Joe Burrow got massively paid, and then he ends up getting injured. You got Herbert massively paid. That's not doing anything for you. You got Tua paid. That's not doing any good for you. These guys all demonstrated stuff. I mean, look at uh, Jalen Hurts. Dude got stupid paid. How did they do this year? Oh, yeah, they sucked. There are no guarantees. But the bottom line is, unless we're just going to talk nonsense, um, you know, uh, Madden GMing, this is just how it goes. This is what you do. You're going to pay them. Um, now keep in mind, they did say one of the highest paid. That doesn't mean the highest paid, but even still, you're looking at the ballpark of $50 million. I think a, a lot of us still have 50 million as like the highest. It's not the highest. It hasn't been the highest for a little while now. Um, if you look at the list of the highest paid quarterbacks, the fifth highest paid quarterback is Russell Wilson at $49 million a year. Now, obviously the per year thing, the, the totals, all that, it, it, they can kind of be some funny money, but that's what we're going to be looking at anyways for um, Jordan Love. And we can get into the details when it actually happens. But that was t- essentially two years ago. That was in 2022. So even if you adjust for inflation, that's a $50 million contract. Fifth highest graded or uh, highest paid. At four is Jalen Hurts. He got paid last year at $51 million. So even if he gets the Jalen Hurts contract, you're looking at 52-ish. I don't know how much it goes. Probably more than that, honestly, when you go up another year. Um, the third highest paid is Lamar Jackson, who got 52. Um, that was also this past offseason. Justin Herbert got 52 and a half. And then you got Joe Burrow, who is getting $55 million per year. So I don't think he gets 55 he hasn't put enough out there. Um, you know, he hasn't done what Joe Burrow's done. Joe Burrow was number one quarterback in the NFL. He was, uh, you know, a lot more tape on the guy and um, just genuinely elite dominant, right? Jordan Love, he played, let's be honest, about a half a season. The first half was not good. The second half was, you know, Joe Burrow-esque. It was elite. But you can't do a half a season of Joe Burrow and get Joe Burrow's contract. So, um, you know, as far as estimates, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think even if you go to the low end of this spectrum, even if you say he's not even going to get Jalen Hurts, because, I mean, look, Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl. Fine. Um, Kyler Murray got $46 million, um in 2022. So, again, if you adjust that up, I don't know. Was that 48? Call it 40, 49 something like that, do we not think he's going to get the Kyler Murray contract? I mean, I, I just, look, if, if they give him $40 million a year, that's going to make him 10th with uh, guys that signed contracts a long time ago. 
I just can't imagine that he drops down to 10th with Daniel Jones, who got that in 2023 and was awful. And, uh, you know, Matt Stafford, who, when did he sign? Uh, Was that last year? That's pretty crazy. And, you know, Dak Prescott, which I think he signed that, what, uh, I don't know, it was a while ago. So my, my thought process would be somewhere between, I don't know, 45 and 50. Um, you know, if, if, it's, if it's higher than 50, that's kind of a, a wow thing. And, and again, you can say, well, that's kind of the going. I, I get that. I understand. But you're also putting him on the same tier as, as Jalen Hurts and all that. And, and he might be better than Jalen Hurts, and that's completely fine. But just given the limited amount of information they have, <clears throat> and I know the Packers are all in on quarterbacks, man, that, that they might be stingy on some stuff, but it ain't going to be quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, and then if, if they get him for below 45, that would also be kind of shocking to me. Um, if you look over at Track, they put together a little um, comparables list, and um, they actually have his market right at about 45. I've seen other articles that say right at about 45. Maybe they're just ripping off Track. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they're, they're looking at a couple different people here and their their contracts. Again, part of the issue I have is that, you know, some of these are are old. Like Josh Allen, $43 million average salary. That's true, but that was, you know, that's not in today's money. Not saying he should get that contract, but... But they're looking at it saying about a four-year, $180 million deal worth about $45 million um, is kind of where they're sitting at. And look, I, I honestly, I have zero issue with that. <laughs> like, just zero whatsoever. I'm not going to uh, get into it right now, but at some point, probably once we figure out the actual contract, maybe we'll do it a little sooner, I don't know, but uh, we can do some of the comps for what would that be compared to like when Rodgers got his contracts or when Favre got his contracts? Just because, again, we see $40 million, $50 million, it's like, good Lord, man. You know, I mean, there was a time when $10 million for Favre was just like, that's going to ruin us. Like, we're done. How, do, how can you deal with that? Or, you know, $20 million for Rodgers was like, good Lord, I can't even imagine that. And then guys are starting to get paid $30 million. It's like, oh, come on. Then wide receivers are starting to get paid $30 million and <laughs> It just keeps going up, and it's hard to kind of keep up with it mentally in terms of quantifying like percentage of total salary cap, um, kind of what we're dealing with there. But yeah, in my opinion, forty-five million is really, really not a problem, and, and so much so that especially the way that they, you know, who knows what the, the guarantees are going to be. But even if like what's let's say we learn that he's actually not the guy, and that little stretch was a little bit of a fluke. He's going to be too up and down. We're going to be looking for different directions. It's probably unlikely that by year three, we're going to be stuck with him, right? So in other words, 2024 is going to be kind of a down year. 2025 is another down year where you're just like, bro, I just don't think he's it. And by 2026, it's going to be, you have the option, the opportunity to move on if you want to. But I mean, it could be a five-year contract. I have no idea. By the way, over the cap's valuation is $36 million, which... <laughs> That's the first of all, that's a complete joke. But second of all, um, if that happens, we are just everybody that's been upset about not getting him on his rookie contract. We pretty much just we broke even on that one. All right. So why don't we uh, why don't we wait a minute? Uh, Yeah, why don't we take a break? We're not done with the contract stuff yet, but I think the free agency stuff might actually not take as long. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, why don't we take a break and we'll be right back. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so first and foremost, I want to start with the list of um, free agents. That is to say, they are um, will not be on the team pending some new contract. Yep, Baker just ended the game same way Jordan Love did. Threw a pick to end it. Anyways, um, so to start things off, we got Yash Nyman, Keyshawn Nixon, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Ford, A.J. Dillon, Eric Wilson, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, Jonathan Owen, Zane Anderson, Robert Rochelle, John Runyon, Caleb Jones, Daniel Whelan, Benny Sapp, Patrick Taylor, Bo Melton, Christian Uphoff. Now, going through this here list, um, Yash Nyman is kind of a tough Tough one to answer. I would guess the Packers would rather not have to bring back Yash Nyman, but obviously we've seen the the need for, you know, a good backup tackle. And not to say that he's a great player, but, you know, when, when somebody comes down, you want to have somebody like Yash Nyman in there. Now, ideally, you draft the tackle, and Rasheed Walker can be your backup tackle if need be. But we'll see. We'll see. I, again, I, th- I think there's I think there's a lot of times when the Packers would like to be able to move on. It's just it's not in the cards as of right now. Um, I think the sim- same is true with Keyshawn Nixon, although Keyshawn, his value is also in his special teams ability. But um, I would expect him to be able to come back. Darnell Savage, as I've mentioned, is a tough one. I know everybody's frustrated with him. He certainly hasn't produced the way that you'd hope for a first round pick. But um you know, again, we we don't have a ton of options, and his his contract is not going to be very high to bring him back. Uh, Jonathan Ford, same situation, but probably a little cheaper, which could make him more enticing. However, um, he's 28 years old, and he's just like a lot of the other guys, not the answer. <sighs> I feel like it's the same thing for every one of these guys. AJ Dillon. I mean, I, I can't imagine them moving on from Dillon. If the circumstances were different, maybe, but, you know, his market value, according to SpotTrack, is just over $3 million. Well, we're not going to have it with Aaron Jones, who's not not going to be here much longer, and, you know, Emmanuel Wilson, and just kind of let it ride, and then we have no depth behind that, with the exception of, like, Patrick Taylor or something. Now, again, you can draft, but if you say that for every one of these positions, I'm sorry, we, we can't get starter caliber people at every single position on this team and just be fine. 
Um, Eric Wilson, good special teamer. I don't know that that means he gets to stay, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw a little bit of money at him to at least let him come back in for the 90-man and see if he makes the cut down the stretch. Josiah DeGuara, I think, is officially done. Uh, I think they've got answers at tight end, and I think they believe that you know they can probably find guys that can do at least what Josiah does. Um, Tyler Davis, uh, they, 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 I mean, that might even be the guy uh, that, that can also replace Josiah. I think they might throw a little bit at him as well. Jonathan Owens, I do not think will be back. Um, I know the everyone will be sad about the situation with the gymnast, but um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 boy, oh boy, he just really does not provide a ton. Now, like most of these guys, there's no real money being thrown at him, but eh, I just, I don't know. Uh, Zane Anderson, Robert Rochelle, I mean, who cares? I don't know. John Runyon, I, again, has he done enough to earn the starting right guard job? No. Do do we as fans and the team want to find somebody better? Yes. Is there somebody better? No. Now, if they get somebody in free agency or if they possibly, you know, draft somebody, then maybe, but they could draft somebody and that guy could suck. They can get a free agent and, you know, I... uh, I think the preference would be to let them stay, which, by the way, this is exactly why you want to draft people before it's time to replace them. Because when this comes around, then you've got a guard in the waiting, and they're like, bye-bye, and there's no stress about it. Right now, we're sitting here with Sean Ryan, and I'm sorry, but Sean Ryan has been terrible. And yes, I mean worse than John Runyon. Uh, Caleb Jones, I would expect to stick around. And who knows, maybe Caleb Jones could be an option to replace Yash if the you know, price is somewhat cheaper or whatever. Uh, Daniel Whelan, the punter, I would assume that they'd want to keep him on board. I thought he did a really good job this year. If for nothing else, you, do, you, you know, you bring him in, you bring in some competition and see where, where everything goes. Um, Benny Sapp, I don't know. Patrick Taylor, I would think they're going to try to keep him around. Yeah, and actually, I, I didn't see that, but going back up to Caleb Jones. So Caleb Jones and Daniel Whelan are both... Um, ERFAs. They are exclusive rights free agents. So the Packers basically can just throw a one-year minimum contract at them and they they don't have any options. So they're going to be staying. Patrick Taylor also is exclusive. So um, And I think the Packers would keep him anyways. And so is Bo Melton. So that is going to be, I don't know, they might actually pay him a little bit more money. I'm not sure. Probably not, but we'll see how it goes. Either way, I definitely expect Bo Melton to, uh, to be sticking around. And then as far as the salary cap, right now as it stands for 2024, estimated salary cap space for the Packers is about $8 million. Um, lots of adjustments are going to be made. However, the biggest one being David Bakhtiari. He has a cap hit next year of $40 million. Um, presumably, he's going to be let go, whether that's traded or whatever, I don't know. But that's going to free up $20 million. So just with that one move, the Packers are up to about $28 million. Kenny Clark has a cap hit of about $27.5 million. Unfortunately, we're just going to have to deal with that one. But it is the final year of his contract. So if they decide they want to keep him, which they could, um, there could be some kind of an extension in line for Kenny. Um, and based on his play, I mean, they could possibly use that to his advantage, um, being that he will be 29 years old next year. I'm hoping that they can bring him back for a lesser salary, something that's a little bit more deserving than what he's been getting. And so we can probably lower that cap hit as well. Um, That or we just deal with it. 
Which is possible and, and potentially even likely if they come to Kenny and they're like, look, we want to we wanna give you an extension, but it's going to be for you know, not very much money. Kenny's going to tell him to shove it, and then he's going to play out his 2024 and maybe go to hit free agency in 2025. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of hoping for a small contract extension, but I don't know. We'll see. And then Jair sitting at $24 million. Aaron Jones will be, uh, his cap hit is 17 and a half. That's another one where you assume something is going to get done there. Cause I just can't imagine they're going to pay him 17 and a half. Maybe they will. Um, but it's going to either be another pay cut, which is possible or, um, you know, something else. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. They really can't save that much money by letting him go. There's a dead cap hit of 12.3 million. So it becomes one of those, like, would you rather have them for 17 or not have them for 12, which I know is not the full story, but um, it, it kind of, it, it, it pushes in one direction, that's for sure. Preston Smith at $16.5 million, and his dead cap hit is about 14, so there's no reason to expect any kind of thing there. However, 2025, um, his cap hit is 17.5, and his dead cap hit is 9.8. But I'll tell you what. $16 million for a pass rusher is really not that much money, so I don't hate it. Rashawn Gary's uh, cap hit will only be about $16 million, which is great. That hasn't really uh, fully hit yet in terms of, you know, obviously that's going to hurt at some point, but they spread that out enough. Eldon Jenkins, likewise, $14 million. Devondre Campbell, that's one where it's $14 million, and um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of wiggle room in his contract either, um, $11.6 million. So uh, let's see, 2020, yeah, and he's still early in his contract. So there is an $11.6 million dead cap hit next year. It actually goes down to 12, and then there's a dead cap hit of eight. So usually the cap number goes up, which then it creates a bigger gap because the dead cap money goes down. So you're saving more and more money, but in this case, it actually goes down. So even though there is a slightly bigger jump, it still is somewhat appealing to keep him around. But, you know, I mean, based on his play, and I, you know, I get it. Last year, he said, well, I didn't play that well because of injuries. This year, he might say the same thing. But at the same time, it's like, bro, you're, you're going to be 31 years old. We haven't seen peak Devondre in a while. Could they possibly move on to save the $3 million? Maybe. I would doubt it. But it's, uh, it's, it's a tough spot right now. But a uh, good amount of flexibility. They'll be able to figure it out. And I think the Packers will end up with... Um, a pretty good chunk of change, more so than they've probably had in the past. Not, you know, we're not talking 50, 60 million, but they'll be, at least we're not sitting here looking at, well, they've got, uh, there's 60 million over the cap. <laughs> so they got a lot of cuts to make. All right, let's, uh, let's turn our attention over to the free agents. I just want to focus on what we assume are potential targets. So for example, not looking at quarterback. Um, as of right now, top running backs that are, um, basically, for, for, let's start with this. There, there's two different kinds of people that are going to be available for free agency. Number one are current free agents or soon-to-be free agents that will not be signed by their team. So this list is current free agents. Many of them will be re-signed, though. The other list that most people don't talk about are the list of people that are currently not free agents that could very likely be cut um, by their teams. But Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Cordero Patterson, Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, it, it falls off pretty quickly there. But the top guys obviously being uh, Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Maybe if you're okay with the injuries and think there could be something special there, Saquon Barkley and then Tony Pollard. 
Yeah, wide receiver, the big one is Mike Evans. That's the big guy uh, that everyone's going to be looking at and targeting potentially. He is 31 years old, so it's possible the Buccaneers do allow that to uh, to happen. After that, you know, we're back to Odell Beckham and whatnot. There is Curtis Samuel and some other guys, but, you know, given the Packers situation, I, I think you either go big or just don't bother. Um, tight ends, I don't know that that's really going to be a target. Looking at the tackles, um, left tackle, you've got Dwayne Brown, Trent Brown, Tyron Smith, who is just an absolute freak, um, Andrus Pete, Yash Nyman, obviously. So really, you're just kind of looking at these top guys here. And um, as far as their ages are concerned, Tyron Smith, 34 years old, Trent Brown, 31 years old, and Dwayne Brown, 39 years old. I think given our situation, honestly, and given how much money these guys are going to be commanding, I would rather draft somebody and stick with Rasheed Walker. And if the draft pick is able to win the job year one as a rookie, great. If not, then it's a draft and develop. I just don't know that I want to go get, you know, one of these guys that's probably going to massively underperform that is up in age and we're going to pay a massive premium to have them. They also have right tackles if uh, maybe they wanted to make a switch to Zach Tom to the other side. There is uh, Riley Reef, Mackay Becton, Jonah Williams. I'm not seeing a ton of other names that seem all that exciting. In fact, Jonah Williams isn't either. Mackay Becton's been a massive disappointment, but I don't know if the Jets necessarily move on from him. If they do, it's something worth at least thinking about. Again, he's been a, it's, he's, he's been he's one of the better tackle prospects that's come out in a while. Um but he's been a pretty big disappointment. But you just look at it and say, man, if we can get him in here, maybe, you know, what if kind of a thing. And then Riley Reef is kind of, he's done his rounds all over the place. It, it feels more like a solid backup option than a uh, serious consideration. Interior defensive line, Leonard Williams in Seattle, Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Yeah, DJ Reader with the Bengals, Grover St- Stewart with the Colts, Fletcher Cox for the Eagles. A lot of big names. I don't know how many of them are still uh, putting out what they used to. Calais Campbell. Christian Wilkins is a guy that I really liked in college. I don't know what he's doing these days. I know he started off really hot. But, man, if we got you talk about a high-character guy, Christian Wilkins, Wilkins is a good dude. Be something to kind of look at, potentially. At safety, there's an option for redemption with Micah Hyde potentially being available. It also got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jordan Whitehead, uh, let's see, Jaron Curse. Eh, I don't see a ton of other names. They sort it by cur- uh, their average per year, so it's possible there's a couple good names in here that are just kind of buried because they're not getting paid a ton. But, I mean, there's definitely options. You know, Micah Hyde's 34 years old, probably not the greatest, but even a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who, you know, will probably be back with the Lions anyways, but just for the sake of discussion... You know, I've I've been relatively low on him because he's not as good as a lot of people want him want to pretend that he is. But he's a starting football player. You know what I mean? It sets a really nice floor for us. And then at corner, you got Adoree Jackson, you got Kendall Fuller, Stephon Gilmore. Again, a lot of big names: Chidobia Wuzier, um, Kenny Moore, Michael Davis, Emmanuel Mosley, Jeff Okuda, C.J. Henderson. Again, I don't know. Who's actually going to be available? I don't know exactly how much you're going to get from a lot of these guys. I mean, so they're, they're, their ages are reasonable. You're talking 29, 29. Stephon Gilmore's 34, 29, 29, 29, 28. So they're all sub, um, sub 30 for the most part. 
one of the things that I, I also want to do is take a little bit of time to see which ones seem to be the most realistic for a Brian Gutekunst pick. And I know when he went real big in uh, the 2019 season, everybody was like 26. So that, for me, felt kind of like the sweet spot for getting these guys that are really young. You can get them that three, four-year contract, get them paid pretty well, and you're set up for a good period of time. Now, maybe that just had to do with the situation that we were in, where he's looking at it going, you know, Rogers probably got three years. But I do think that that's it's a pretty good sweet spot if you can find a guy. Because we're really not looking for those, those. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Gutekunst is looking at it and saying, hey, you know, we, we want to try to win it this year. But not from an all-in standpoint. I mean, I just, I don't think you want to build your team with one-year guys. I mean, you can. If there's, if there's just a good deal and you want to pay him a one-year contract just for the meantime until you can maybe draft somebody to be that guy, okay, fine. But um, I would think you're looking at, I, I, I want to be able to compete not just in 2024, but 2024, 25, 26, 27 if I can. But then uh, finally, I want to look at the, the other list that I talked about, which are guys that are not free agents, guys that nobody's talking about, but are very likely to be well, they range from potentially to very likely to be cut. If you look at Edge, which I don't think is a, you know, something they're probably going to do, but you got Tyus Bowser from the Ravens, Matt Judon with the Patriots, Anthony Nelson with the Bucks, and Emmanuel Ogba with the Dolphins. I'll tell you what, as much as Edge isn't that big of a deal, you just imagine getting a um, defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens, then go get a 29-year-old pass rusher from that scheme. It's just something about that gets me excited. Um, actually, let's do this. Let me sort it by um, kind of the, the big heavy hitters here. Interestingly enough, they actually have Joey Bosa on this list, which actually kind of makes sense now that you think about it. With the Chargers kind of in teardown mode, Joey Bosa's contract is kind of a disaster right now. They've got it just at 53.7% that that ends up happening. And funny enough, it's it's all Chargers. Like, it's such a disaster over there, which is kind of interesting when you look at the wide receiver situation. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams potential casualties for the uh, Chargers. And that could be something to look at, man. I mean, Keenan Allen is 32 years old, um, but either of those two are, it's worth maybe talking about. I'd be interested to see what the, um, what kind of money they'd be looking at. Uh, after that is Deontay Johnson for the Steelers and then Christian Kirk for the Jaguar. Guy that I, you know, I had mentioned at the time, like what a, you know, he wasn't very good. What a terrible decision to pay him as much money as they did. And he ended up actually playing pretty well. Now, unfortunately, it didn't do any good for them. They're not even in the playoffs this year. And now they're sitting in a situation where contractually, it makes more sense to cut them than to keep them. So it still probably wasn't a great decision. But uh, for the Buffalo Bills, you got Tredavious White. That'll be a big name that I'm going to be a big no on. Um, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seahawks. 32 years old, but you know, whatever. Off the edge, Shaquille Barrett for the Buccaneers. Uh, defensive lineman Cam Hayward is getting up in age, but that guy's been just an absolute force for a long time. Um, Emmanuel Ogba for the Dolphins, Hunter Renfro for the Raiders. Potential safety option is Justin Simmons, Broncos safety. He's 31 years old, which again is, is up in age, but it's kind of just on, on the bordering era. Oh, here's, oh, you want to know an interesting one? Also 31 years old, which surprises me, but just for the whole history repeats itself thing, they've got it at a 74.4%. Eddie Jackson, Bears safety. Now, I haven't been a huge Eddie Jackson fan, but it would be pretty dope 
to steal Eddie Jackson from the Bears just because. Um, let's probably skip the tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey is on here, but he's probably going to end up retiring. Dallas Goddard is on here. He's a stud, but I just don't see that happening. Um, Buda Baker obviously would be a really, really big one. Um, really big name, solid football player, safety, 28 years old, likely to be, and what do they have him at? They've got him at uh, 57%. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Honestly, I, th- I, I think I prefer this list to the actual free agents list um, because, I mean, th- these are good football players that just don't make financial sense right now based on, for, for a lot of it, just putting together bad contracts to begin with. I mean, Quandre Diggs, safety out of Seattle. Kevin Byard, the Eagles safety. Dante Jackson, Panthers cornerback. Or how about this one? Safety for the Chiefs, Justin Reed. So, I mean, look, this list is 700 names long. Actually, we're almost done with it, but still. I'm not going to go through all of this. The bottom line, essentially, is that there are a lot of options, uh, whether that be current or soon-to-be free agents or guys that are going to end up being cut that will become free agents or just traded. That could be another option. There's a lot of guys out there, and the Packers are going to have an opportunity to take, you know, a really solid swing or two at this thing. So between that and the draft, I mean, they really can do some damage here. And, and, you know, again, look at last time we had a little bit of change in Gutekunst's pocket um, before he started doing all this all-in nonsense. Again, he went out and got Zadarius, and he got Preston, and he got Amos, and yes, he got Billy Turner, which wasn't great, but I mean, you look back at that. I remember looking at that going, I really like Amos. Preston and, and Zadarius, eh, I don't know about that. Billy, I really didn't like. Zadarius was a freak. Preston was perfectly adequate to solid for us for, for many years, continues to be. Uh, Amos was above expectations for me. So who knows, man? There might even be a bunch of names on that list that we're going to end up getting that end up being solid football players and weren't really expected to be. All right, let's take our final break, and we will uh, dip our toe a little bit in the draft and kind of see what our status is on that, and then we'll be done. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right. So it is officially locked in. The Green Bay Packers will have the 25th pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. In addition, they're going to have pick 41 from the Jets in the second round, as well as number 58 in round two. In the third round, they have pick 88 from, uh, that is their own pick, and pick 92 from Buffalo. Well, so far, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs. They have their fourth round pick. In the fifth round, they're projected to have uh, the top uh, compensatory pick, so that's pick 166. Then in the sixth round, they have their normal sixth round pick, another compensatory pick. And uh, the same is true for the seventh round. They get one seventh and a uh, pick 250 is what is expected, which is the first compensatory pick in the seventh round. All told, once again, 11 picks. As of right now, if we look at the consensus over at NFL Mock Draft database, there certainly is not a massive consensus about anything, but the highest um, percentage pick is Armarius Mims at 8.7%. Mims is an absolutely massive just mauling Georgia offensive tackle at six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds. After that is Cameron Kitchens at seven point two percent. Very, very popular option for the Green Bay Packers, as well as a late round safety. I will say PFF really not a big fan. And for myself, based on the PFF grades, I'm also not a fan. Uh, if you look at 
back in 2021. He had two games in which he graded out as good in the 70s or higher, and his highest was a 77. In 2022, he had one, two, three, four, five games, but two of them were very, very good. He had a 97 and an 82, which brought his overall grade up to a 90, but still, the vast majority of his games were 60s or lower. And then it was more or less the same this year, except it didn't even, he had a 67.8 overall grade and just two games where he graded in the 70s. So kind of like he was two years ago or three years ago. And then somebody that I have not heard about a ton or um, have seen mocked a ton, obviously the, the increased desire for from Packer fans for the Packers to get a corner, the fact that we've been falling a little bit later into the draft, um, and then the, I won't call it meteoric rise, but he's definitely had some pretty big jumps uh, in the last several months since, you know, I, I guess November is kind of when he kind of burst onto the scene as a at least a second round pick and has worked his way up into the late first. But um, Quinion Mitchell, Toledo cornerback, six foot 196, and PFF really likes this guy. So his first year in Toledo, 2020, he didn't play a ton. 2021, he starts to take a bigger role. He has an 80 PFF grade. With that is a 70 tackling grade, a 97 pass rush grade, and a 77 or 70, yeah, 77 coverage grade. 2022, he has a 93 overall grade, 80 run defense, 70 tackling, and a 93 coverage grade. And then in 2023, a 92 PFF grade, 77 run defense, 84 tackling, 92 coverage grade. And yes, there are a couple in here that kind of offset things like he had a 90 pff grade obviously that was his highest but i mean his lowest game is a 63 it was his only game below a 65 and then he's got one two three four five six seven eight games where he was 70 or higher three of them 80s or higher and one of them in the 90s so obviously we're dealing with a smaller school and that's you know it's easier to get good grades when you're going up against lesser competition but somebody to keep an eye on for sure but what's really funny about it is you know, partially because we're very new into this cycle and partially because the Packers are picking a little further back this year, the options are so unbelievably wide open that those are the three most mocked players to the Green Bay Packers. But if you look at the, what, six most or five most recent mocks that have been done, Braylon Trice, edge rusher out of Washington, Graham Barton, interior offensive lineman out of Duke, Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback out of Alabama, Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State, and Kamari Lassiter, cornerback out of Georgia. Right now, if we look at the consensus big board, kind of in that range, let's say from, uh, I don't know, 20 down, we got um, Fuaga, the offensive tackle out of Oregon State, Terry and Arnold, cornerback out of Alabama, uh, Robinson, edge rusher out of Penn State, Brian Thomas, wide receiver out of LSU, Braylon Trice is at 25, where the Packers are, edge rusher out of Washington. Troy Fontenew, uh, offensive tackle out of Washington. Graham Barton, offensive, uh, interior offensive line. Quinion Mitchell, cornerback Toledo. Kamari Lasseter, cornerback Georgia. Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle out of Arizona. And then Cameron Kitchens, uh, right at 32. And obviously, the Packers typically dip into the mid-second round. And I just see a pile of defensive tackles there. So keep an eye on Chris Jenkins, Byron Murphy, and Tavondre Sweat. Just saying. But anyways, again, just trying to do broad sweep through this because this is what we're doing now. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.